The following recording is a production of Kicking Out at Two in conjunction with the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network and is intended for private use only. For more information, head on over to facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two or our Twitter handle at kicking out two, along with searching Retromania with a W on any and all podcast platforms available to listen to archive shows such as this and all the great content of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Evergreen content at your fingertips anytime at your listening pleasure. And with that being said, we thank you for listening and hope you enjoy the show. Good God Almighty, they killed him. As God is my witness, he is broken in half. Famous last words from one of the all-time greats, Jim Ross, as we celebrate the Mankind Undertaker Hell in the Cell match from King of the Ring 1998. 25 years to the day here on Kicking Out at 2. We're going to be watching that match with all of you on the Peacock. And joining me to partake in this celebratory watch along, uh, especially for this match. Couldn't do it without anybody else. My co-host, my co-pilot, my wild card, Dennis J. Levy. What's up, buddy? Julian, it's it that uh, I've been waiting since day one of this podcast. Not since day one. Come on. Or not since far... I, I, I didn't remember seriously that, that, that uh, we were talking, of, I, it was me, you, and your brother at the time, and before we made our, our, our the podcast, our first podcast together, that, 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 that uh, we were just talking, maybe you don't remember, but I remember, we were talking okay. about, 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 about future podcasts, and I'm like, don't you fucking dare do the one, uh, do King of, uh, do the Hell in the Cell, Mankind Undertaker without me. This, 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 so, so this is like... You know what? You might this, be right. I don't three, remember. This three years but... or whatever the fuck. Okay. In the making. And I'm very excited about this day. Yeah. You know what? I, you might be right. I, I, I will gladly admit that you might be right on this one. Um, yeah. 25 years. And we're going to talk a lot about um, the violence factor and how this match really set the bar high and cleared the bar for violence in wrestling. Um, talk a little bit about the Mankind Undertaker rivalry then and now, your thoughts when we watched it back then as to now, um, and so much more um, here on Kicking Out at Two. Uh, thank you all for pressing play, downloading, liking, subscribing, rating, reviewing, doing all that jazz to listen to us here on Kicking Out at Two. So, what I'm going to have you guys do, um, first and foremost, I'm going to have you go to your peacock and you're going to search for King of the Ring. And it's season six, episode one. And what I'll have you do is I'll have you fast forward to one hour, 46 minutes, and 55 seconds. And then I'll give you a countdown. When I say play, press play and do all that jazz. But while you guys are doing that, Dennis, I wanted to discuss with you just to, you know briefly um, this King of the Ring pay-per-view. Because this pay-per-view, um, not just, I mean, this match is, is what most people remember this pay-per-view for. But... This was also the same event where Kane defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin in a first blood match yeah. to become the WWF champion, as well as Ken Shamrock winning the King of the Ring. So, first, I want to get your thoughts on Shamrock as King of the Ring, and what were your thoughts on that back then and now, as well as your thoughts on the Kane-Steve Austin main event that took place on this card. I love Ken Shamrock, so... So, so when him finally went King of the Ring, I was like, finally, they're, they're gonna push him to the moon. It kind of did, but like I always thought that at the end of the day, one of the biggest missed opportunities 
was Ken Shamrock. Like, if Ken Shamrock... Like Ken Shamrock as a champion? Uh, yeah, yeah, Ken Shamrock as potentially a WWE champion. Okay. That, 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 that was something I always wanted to see. Mm-hmm. And no one can convince me if Ken Shamrock's prime in the USC was 2006... He would have been. He would have been. He would have got the Brock Lesnar spot. That that that. Uh, that no one can convince me otherwise. That's a good point. That that that. that, uh, that, that uh, they just, I just didn't know. I just my opinion. I just didn't know. I just think WWE just had too many cooks in the kitchen, and they're like, "What are we supposed to do with this fucking awesome guy?" It's like, like you think there was too many good yeah, guys absolutely. in the top spot hey, he was in that main wrong event. Wrong era, wrong time. USC was still like, "What the fuck is this shit? It's awesome." Like, 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 it's still illegal in a lot of yeah, states. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. I employ anybody who was born from like whatever 2000 on or whatever, so you kind of missed the boat. Go to YouTube and look up USC 1996. That was a different animal. Now, we we're talking about dudes over chest. Literally, like, they were lucky. No it, was it, was it was a free for all. I've seen some old bananas. UFC stuff. It was a free for all. Bananas. Guys, there, there were guys that looked like that they were legitimate athletes, and there were other guys that looked like they just dragged them out the uh, off the, t- the top of a bar stool and put them in the octagon. It was always funny though, that 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 that, uh, but that my favorite ones and are, are got, I guess a potential like jobber match per se is like you see this guy in like this full karate outfit, you know, with the black belt, you know, the like, like the like the like the. He's got the whole gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got the whole get up, right? Yep. And then then, uh, then you got a guy just without a shirt, showing his six pack. That guy without a shirt, hundred a hundred a hundred times kicked the shit out of those guys. It's just funny. Yeah. Like, oh, here's this karate guy about to get get his leg broken. Yeah. But anyway, I employ anyone to it. If you never had the opportunity to watch it, watch it. It's pretty fucking wild. There's no technique. Just punches in the face, kicks in the face, broken limbs. It was just bananas. It's, an, it's interesting you brought that Shamrock, the, the Brock Lesnar spot. Had he been, I mean, Shamrock did, had a very short run in the WWF. It was, you know, just a couple of years. And he, you know, was a legitimate mixed martial artist. And um, he, he had credibility and he had charisma and he had, you know, the audience loved him. Yeah. Um, even when he was a bad guy, he didn't have that, like, what they call that X-Pac go away heat. Like, people didn't. You know, they they disliked him. You know, because he played a good heel. He was like a bully uh, with the mixed martial art persona. So I mean, Shamrock had a good run. I'm with you. They missed the boat on potentially putting him in, as the champion. Uh, there was there was one time where I thought that they were really going to go with him, and that was the fall of '98 after he had won the Intercontinental. I'm sorry, after he won the um, the the King of the Ring. Uh, he challenged Steve Austin to a match, and they had a match on Raw for the championship. And it was stemmed from Shamrock feeling like he was, you know, getting um, he was getting hosed out of title opportunities, especially after winning the King of the Ring. And so Shamrock, had, and that was the start of Shamrock's heel turn at that at that point yeah. too. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, Shamrock. He was definitely. Um, he, he was definitely a missed opportunity in the WWF. Uh, Kane beating Austin later that night at King of the Ring. First blood. Oh, I hated it. And, 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 uh, and a buddy of mine that uh, kind of gave my head a shake that, 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 that afterwards. It was like, the, like, like spoiler, that, that, that uh, Austin wins it literally the next night later. That, 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 uh, and I'm, I'm talking to the boys. 
Like, what the fuck was that? Kane wins the title, loses the next night. What the fuck was that about? And a buddy of mine goes, did you really think King was going to set himself on fire, you motherfucker? <laughs> and it's like, they put him... They, 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 they put themselves they, into a corner yeah. with that, yeah. How stupid was that? Yeah. But anyway, so, so I, get, I get why they had to do it. They put like, themselves in a corner. Why say that then? But at the same time, there was still intrigue in it because it made people buy the pay-per-view like, all right, Austin was the hottest thing. Are they going to have Austin lose the title? Or is Kane really going to set himself on fire? But at the same time, a few months prior, they had the Inferno match and Kane's arm was on fire. That's so, a good point. You know, yeah. I mean, you kind of, the, the, the possibility was there. Yeah. I mean, it was a good hook and a good intrigue. And um, I'll talk more about, as we go on with this watch along, hopefully everyone's caught up by now. Uh, one hour, 46 minutes, 55 seconds. I'm going to give you a countdown, three, two, one, play. And when I say play, you press play. And from time to time, I'll give you a timestamp, play the audio. I'm definitely going to play the audio for the first spot when, when Foley gets thrown off the cell. Um, and the, the, the famous last words were from JR. Good God Almighty, they killed him! So yeah, I'm going to do that. Um, but anyways, um, hopefully you're all there. Um, Ready, Dennis? Ready. All right, let's do it. Three, one hour, 46 minutes, 55 seconds. Three, two, one, hit play. As we see the hell in the cell coming down. Um, now, all right, I want to ask you. We yeah. watched the very first hell in the cell on the 25th anniversary with Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. You said on that recording that that match was the greatest hell in the cell match of all time. And Kane's introduction into that match is probably the greatest debut of all time. Oh, yeah. Which, Hard not to argue either of those points. Back 25 years ago, if you can remember, as this match was announced, okay? Now, Undertaker and Mankind had some classics on pay-per-view, but never a hell in a cell. As we see a picture of a fan holding up a sign that says First Blood with a drawing of of Austin and Kane, which actually is pretty good. But anyways, um, do you remember... What were your thoughts on when they booked this match as a Hell in the Cell match? Did you think that they were going to be able to top the Undertaker Shawn Michaels match? I won't lie, by this point, as much as I love Mankind, and 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 I was kind of done with Undertaker, uh, Undertaker Mankind. Really? I, I think most people were at this by this point. That 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 uh, this is why this is kind of like even if this was a stinker. I still think this was going to be the last time Mankind Undertaker ran a wrestle for a long, yeah. long time. I think people have just had enough of them. I don't know. I just remember that was my personal that was, opinion. That was your point. opinion at the time? Yeah. Okay. Um, it, it, it added another wrinkle to their rivalry, I'll say, as, as I remember. Um, but um, here's something that I wanted to ask you. Uh, you. You just said you love Mankind. Yeah. Heal Mankind was your favorite. Um, what was it about the rivalry with him and Undertaker that in '96 that you really enjoyed the most? What, what what attracted you to the character? Well, right off the bat, like you didn't know who who Mankind was. It just and and it's right off the bat, it's boom, it pushed him with the Undertaker, and there and obviously the contrast is like like like, like what's Undertaker's number one weapon? The get in your head. 
And the beat the you, mind games. Yeah, the beat you before the, the bell even rings, right? Mm-hmm. This fucking guy, he brought it. He loved that. Yeah. The, the Undertaker's mind games made him more powerful. So he thrived. He thrived off of Undertaker's mind games. Exactly. Okay. Like, like, like so, 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 like, he like he made the Undertaker so, like, like Ace and Ace, Ace in the Hole, like his kryptonite. It was like incredible to watch. I got a qu- I got another yeah. question for you. You just said it. Um, nobody knew who Mankind was. So. Were you not aware at the time of of his debut that he was once he once portrayed Cactus Jack? You know, when you're something funny, it took me a long time. Really, a long time. It was like I'm watching. I was watching an uh, ECW uh, like, like tape, and I'm like, "Oh my god, is that man guy?" The voice sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. He was, ata, ata, ata. You know, little punches. Oh, when he punches, and he <laughs> yeah. makes the sound. I'm like, attack, attack. Yeah. I'm like, how, how did I, I recognize yeah. that? Oh, and once you got it, you got it. Yeah. But yeah, it took me a good year. I won't lie. It so what did you? So year. so you didn't realize it, but what did you yeah. think? Like, did you did you think less of the mankind character? Did you think less of the oh, Cactus absolutely. Jack character? Oh, absolutely not. I thought that uh, I just I tipped it the hat so that the guy could have so many layers to 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 his character. So you liked it. I loved it. Yeah. See, I wasn't. I, I think I've said this before. I wasn't the biggest fan of mankind early on. I've grown to appreciate the character, especially during the early incarnations against Undertaker and the matches that they had. And of course, you know, I, I, my, I've always been a big Cactus Jack yeah. fan. I've just that's just who he's been my guy um, for the longest time. Now, what's your take here on, as we're seeing Undertaker make his way down to the ring, what was your take here on them starting on top of the cage? I thought it was kind of crazy that, that, that uh, looking back now, that that it was like, it's unbelievable that, that, that they just started going, you know, zero to 60, just like that. But, like, I kind of wish, that I actually, I'm pretty 99% sure I saw this. Either live or on like the like that Tuesday with the like Tuesday replay. It. Anyway, anyway, I I saw it without knowing the, the result, mm-hmm. and 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 I'm like, so so they obviously it just takes ten seconds when they throw him off the cage. I'm just like, the match is over already. I still think they. I still I felt then. I still feel now. I wish that that that, that they built up to this spot instead of just going right to it. Like. Like you know what I mean? Like, like start in the ring, they go on the top. Like within I think two Fo- minutes. I think Foley has said in previous interviews that the psychology behind starting at the top was doing something different um, than the first one with Undertaker and Sean. Because Undertaker and Sean, they built towards them getting up top. Let's play the audio here, and I'll get back to that statement in just a moment. Yeah. Undertaker, mankind fighting on top of the cage. Two to three hundred pounders up there. 
All right. <laughs> I had to get that line in there. Holy shit. So now this is a period of time in the match where, all right, you said you weren't sure if you watched this live or whatever, but you, you watched it not knowing the results. Yeah. I read the results. I didn't get it live. Read the results the night it happened, and I just so happened to convince my mother to get the replay. I think my father was away on business. Usually mom was the one that was easier to manipulate when it came to ordering the wrestling pay-per-views. <laughs> my, my, my same situation with and me. I, I, I sold her on it with, but mom... I'm not in school. I was, you know, I was, a, I was gonna be. Was it '98? So I was, a, I was just, I just finished my freshman year in high school. I was like, Mom, I'm not in school. I don't got anywhere to go the next day. Can I, you know, get the replay? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll pay you my, you know, I used to get allowance from my aunt. My aunt used to ask me to uh, bring up her garbage cans to the curb uh, once a week. So I'd get like five bucks for doing that. So I was like, I'll get you my allowance. It was like, you know, $25 yeah. for the 30 bucks for the pay-per-view, whatever it was. So, you know, mom, I sold her on the fact that school, it's not a school night, you know, summertime. And she was like, okay. So I bought the replay, taped it. And for this moment, for the, for this match here, hearing about what happened, your initial thoughts on this first, bump that he took here off the top through the table. Well, I thought it was over, so I was like, uh, I was disappointed at the time, but I'm like, I mean, that was the same one we just watched, but yeah. like, it's over? That's it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you would think, looking at it, like, yeah, it's over. I mean, it got a, a huge pop. Um, audience went crazy for it. Um, and judging by, you know, the, the nature of it with all these guys out here, the officials, you see Terry yeah, Funk man, out there. The mask is off. The mask is off. They show the replay again here. Um, yeah, you would think that the match is over. But we would be dead wrong. And we'll, we'll, we'll see that minutes later. I mean, to the point where Vince comes out. Um, he'll make an appearance at some point on camera here. Uh, and... From what I've read, I've read it in Foley's book, uh, I've read it elsewhere, um, everybody thought this match was over legitimately. And, you know, Foley obviously had other plans in mind. Um, here's a question. Yeah. 25 years later, had the match ended at this point, they just threw him off the top, would would this Hell in the Cell and would Mick Foley, would it be as revered as it, as it is today? That's a great question. Gun spot itself is just, I mean, I mean like. If because you, there's two other major spots in this match that people talk about as well, but we'll get into that shortly. This, this is not even the worst spot. The the, uh, the other spot, my, my opinion, is a thousand times worse. Yeah. Uh, but, um. Oh, yeah, the cage is rising. Is the Undertaker still in the cage? He's still on top of the cell, yeah, as they're, <laughs> as they're, they're raising the cell so that the EMTs can uh, uh, help tend to Mick Foley. So, so you're not sure if this is if this I can't, still be looked at as... It's really, really hard to say. Uh, like, I'd say no, based on... It will still be revered. That's by itself. The spot I, itself. I didn't think the spot. It'll be remembered for the spot. I think I never call it. Oh, the Mick Foley spot. You yeah. know what I mean? It's now it would have been the '98 Hell in the Cell. Yeah. 
Okay. Now, do you, now, did at the time when you watched this, did you ever feel like, oh shit, they went too far? Like, did you ever feel like a sense of like, all right, I know this stuff, I know the stories are make believe, and you know, yeah. the, but the the physicality is real. But like, did you think like by as you're watching this, like at least at this point in time, after the first bump, that like, all right, they might have gone a little too far. I actually was naive. I I said that, that uh, I'm like, oh, he's 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 safe. He's a wrestler. We, we, it was planned. It, it, like like they had some kind of padding, padding the table. or whatever under the table and yeah. stuff like that. It, when he when he fit, went through the cage, and like you just saw just like that, these eyes. I'm like. Either he's the greatest actor in history of mankind, or this motherfucker is fucked. Yeah. Like that, that. That's when. And when he, when he got up, it's like, all right, yeah, he's okay. It was fake, you know. Yeah. As we see, he looks like he's halfway up the aisle, but he's gonna continue. Let, let's play the audio for this. So now he went through the cage, inside the ring, it's which, the is, chair. Which, which is uh, the, which is the more um, devastating bump yeah. for, for the purpose of the, the the fact that you know the, the ring like didn't really give much. <laughs> the no. table broke, and you had some. I wouldn't say cushion, but it was a. Foley has said that the table landing was better than the was better oh, yeah. than the landing on the on the mat through the cage, which uh, apparently. There was no, um, there was no plan for him to go through the structure into the ring. They didn't think that he was gonna fall through it the way he did. I, I, I have, I, I feel so bad. It's tooth went up his nose and all that shit. But it's like, I'll get to that in a minute because I got a funny story to tell you about. But that. like, I have very little, very little empathy. Like, like, like when they originally went on top. The do the table spot. Mm-hmm. You could tell when they were walking together what was going in. That roof was caving in already. So what did you think was going to happen when they slammed it? I, I was like, God. yeah. Well, that was only a certain piece of it. I mean, you could see as uh, you're looking at the cell, it's quadrant off, you know, with with like crossbars and things like that on the top I, of that ceiling. But I mean, now it's made where the structure is. Um, look at that. I guess oh. safer. Like yeah, Terry Funk got just got choke slammed out of his sneakers. His sneakers are still in the <laughs> ring, which is great. Terry Funk, his role in this match was uh, I, I like that touch. They they brought Funk out, 
to yeah. as, as Foley's friend, even though on TV they were kind of at odds. So yeah, by this point, like you said, you you had to turn your head away, um, and his tooth went up his nose. Which funny story? Yeah. You know me, I'm a big action figure collector. Yeah. Mattel just recently came out with a line called the Defining Moments, and they they sold they're selling a Mankind King of the Ring 1998 Hell in a Cell figure, and they come with two different heads. One of them he's got the mask. The other one he's got a tooth up his nose. Oh, it's crazy! And without the mask and thumbtacks attached to his back, oh. because later on in this match you'll see Undertaker choke slam Mankind through the thumbtacks. Um, I didn't purchase it. I, I had thoughts about it, but I was like, nah, you know, I don't need that figure. I, I, I've already made some um, purchases recently, uh, but that was one of them that didn't make the list. It's a cool figure, but I was like, I, do I really need that one? I already got a Mankind, so. Um, and a Cactus Jack and a Dude Love. Yeah. And a Commissioner Foley, so. Um, I don't need that Mankind. But anyways, um, by this point now, you had trouble watching the, the, the bump. Yeah. You know, initially you were like, oh, like this is, you know, initially you thought like, oh, it's he's a good actor. But now, <laughs> is this the part where like, I would guess you could say you're uncomfortable watching because you realize how real I the, thought, the, the beating not, oh, at the time I taking. loved it. Not, it, it at the time, yeah, same oh, with yeah. me. But but now now we read the stories of like what happens afterwards and all that stuff. Like like that that yeah, between uh we, we, we between between us and the listen and the listening audience and kicking at it too, when they did the spot when he goes through the ceiling, I looked at you. I didn't look at the team. Yeah, you did. Uh, yeah. I, I just kidding. Then knowing knowing what it did to him, and he probably we probably lost as much as I love this match, you know. And it did. we lost three years of Mick. I really do believe this match took three yeah, years. Yeah, it took some years off him. Absolutely. But at the same time, you can make the argument that like he didn't slow down because he was still <laughs> he because he was still in in very physical, barbaric matches. Yeah. Um yeah, you were there for the Hartford one, right? With uh him against H, right? Yeah, trip, him and Triple H in Hell in the Cell. Yeah. Um, which We've we've covered on this on this podcast before. Um, all right, so I got a question for you. Yeah. So, do you, at this point, do you think they went too far again? Now he he got thrown off the top. He got thrown yeah. through the cage. Do you think they went too far? Van Vince, after after Mick went through the cage, I would just say I would have gone to the ref, one of the referees, like tell Taker do the tombstone, get this over with. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it. Now, here's the other question too. This match. Do you think this match set the bar for more violent style of matches in wrestling? Following this, uh, that's kind do you of think it was like a, a major influence? Because if you think about it, like you have the TLC matches, yeah, the hardcore matches that they had put out with the hardcore division. Um, do you think that they tried to top themselves in years to follow with with all those other matches? I I I, I would agree that that that, that maybe they, they wanted more like, like Hell in a Cell matches and like maybe amp up the violence maybe. But with that being said, have an unsafe match like this, I've never seen anything like this. This is something they made. You can tell they made the cagers. 
the key towards safe yep. afterwards. It was more, yeah, it was, yeah the, 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 the structure was built a little differently. Uh, so, so, like, so it's hard to, it's like weird what I'm about to say, but like, they made it safer, but yet more violent at the same time. Because it was more of these matches, kind of. But like, but, but within the confine of the structure, though, they made it more safer. And, and yeah. Go, go, get what I mean by that? No, I do. Like, yeah. they... The, the, the cage was built differently so that, the, like, for instance, the final spot in the Cactus Jack Triple H Hell in the Cell match, the one I was at in Hartford at No Way Out 2000, February of 2000, Hunter does a backdrop to Cactus and Cactus falls through the cage, but the, the, they had a piece of the ring, um, the, the, the wood boards were removed so that Cactus could safely land in the ring. They created this illusion that right. he fell through this big hole, etc., um, they, they had it done a certain way where they were safer about it. Um, but what about like the TLC matches? Do you think this match, um, was an influence to the TLC matches? I, I would agree with that. Yeah. This match like, do you think a lot of those guys like Hardy's Edge and Christian, like when they saw this, they were like, all right, like you're putting all these ladders in here. We got to do something to kind of top what Mick did or to kind of, you know, st- you know, keep the audience engaged. I w- As we I w- see thumbtacks getting thrown out into the ring cage. I'll part like that statement with, there's no edge spearing Jeff Hardy uh, when he's At WrestleMania? That, that, that spot doesn't happen without this match. I'll part like say that. Yeah? I, okay, I, I, why? I well, well, ex- explain in detail. Uh, that, uh, we just never, like... Where people really just like through caution, and, uh, like what, like their bodies, uh, like what, like like even in hardcore matches, I I always you can tell like they, they still protected their bodies, and people mm-hmm. it was all about you know, you know you had to use uh, blood and stuff like that. You, you use the razor, or you, you you know what I mean? That that that, uh, that, that you juice the right way, and it's all that other stuff. After this, man, people just threw, especially ECW. They threw, a bunch of people say ECW influenced WF. It also went the same thing. You can tell me, yeah, ECW had their ways in 95, 96, 97, but like, they went off the fucking rails. Following this? Yes. This is my memory recall. So, so, so you think... But, but what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to get at, people didn't really... People became way more unsafe after this match. Okay. So so you think that they tried to talk... Like, other matches, other other matches, similar style matches, whether it was, you know, hardcore, as we see... Um, oh, man. He's going to do the... The, the, backdrop. the piggyback backdrop <laughs> oh. into the tax. He doesn't really get him too much. Nah. I mean, a little bit, but Mick, you know, tries to sell it. and um, Eventually, we'll see like an, an Undertaker choke slam to Mick um, through the tax, which is probably where I'll play the audio for that. That one, yeah. Yeah. That one really got me. Yeah. Now it's even worse. He's setting up for the tombstone. I think we're getting towards the end of this match here. Um, Going to pick him up. But, yeah, no, I do agree with you. I think people were influenced by this match in terms of, like, ramping up the violence factor. And, 
you even said ECW kind of went off the rails following this yeah. too as well. So you think like EC so like to you think ECW in a sense took saw this match and was like, oh no, they're trying to be crazy like us. Yeah, like, no, we'll show them what what it's really all exactly. About. Okay, yeah. all right, that's fair. Yeah, I I can I can, I can get behind that theory. Is Undertaker um, <clears throat> finishes uh, mankind with the victory here. Referees, doctors get involved. Some interesting stuff I wanted to share with you uh, before we close this one out um, regarding Mick. Uh, it's been said in his book um, that when Vince approached him backstage after this match, uh, he thanked Mick, uh, was very grateful for his contributions, but told him, I never want to see you do anything like that again. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, this was... This was the the turning point for for Mick to start, and at least that's what he said in his book, to to start f- figuring out when he's going to wind it down his career. Uh, originally, he was scheduled to retire at the end of 1999, but because of the injury to Steve Austin, he was asked to stay. And but this also, in a way, if you think about it, this match is a blessing and a curse for him because. It was after this match where he kind of took a little bit of a break from these style of matches and introduced the Mr. Socko element to his character. Yeah. And he was doing the rock and sock stuff with the rock. So you weren't getting as much of the hardcore Mick Foley character in a way. And this was kind of, this in a sense kind of softened him up. Do you agree? Yeah. It did. And after this, too, you cannot. Make him a heel. He turned babyface. Oh when yeah! He, when he went through that cage, he turned. He he, he went instant. The fans went, appreciated yeah. what he did for them. Yeah. The, the sacrifice he made. I mean, he was still positioned as a heel on TV with Paul Bearer and Kane in that alliance. But it wasn't long after this that no. the people were really behind him, and then eventually he would become um, a babyface. And it was all because of this match. This is the match that that. Not put him on the map, but this is the match that that defined, in my opinion, put him in the Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, totally. You know, and, and when you think not of, to discredit his other work, yeah, by any stretch of the imagination, but this put the stamp on it. Like, he had some great matches, great matches. Yeah, but when you think Mick Foley and Mankind, <clears throat> then the, uh, the, the, my mind goes straight to this match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, that's this is. This is what he's you know associated with uh, mostly throughout his career. All the interviews he's done, I'm sure, has been uh, um, a lot of it. A lot of those interviews, this subject comes up. This match here. Uh, there's also another interesting um, uh, fact here. Foley reached out. I mean, he was concussed pretty badly, but he was aware enough to reach out to his wife and. He called her and, you know, just to let her know that he was okay. And Foley has admitted that um, finding out later through conversations with his wife, his wife told him that he was very incoherent and rambling. And that's when they realized that he's got to, like I said, he's going to have to kind of slow it down. Or maybe this, maybe, maybe it's time to start discussing when it's time for him to, to retire. From in-ring action. Yeah. So, there was many good and bad that came from this 
for not only Mick, but just for wrestling as a whole. Um, but when I think of Attitude Era, when I think of moments in the Attitude Era, this right here is on that Mount Rushmore. Oh, totally. Like there's, there's, you know, maybe Austin doing something with Vince. Um, yeah, this stunner. The original stunner has to be the number maybe, one. Maybe like his stunner. Yeah. Like, yeah, his stunner to Vince. Um, you know, DX. You know, something with Sable. But, like, definitely. Right. Like, if you're going to talk yeah. about greatest moments of the Attitude Era, this this match and all these bumps as we're seeing the replay of the first one off the top of the cage definitely is on the Mount Rushmore of... Now, we've, we've, we've talked about this on the Mount Rushmore of Attitude Era as we... Get done with this watch along here. I'm pausing it at two hours, 14 minutes, and nine seconds because the match is pretty much over. But just to close this out, um, where does this rank on the Mick Foley Mount Rushmore of matches? Oh, like is it on? Is it on there? Um, is it on there? Oh, it just has to be. Okay, right? so it makes the Mount Rushmore. So if it makes yeah. the Mount Rushmore, what are the other three matches in Mick Foley's career that you could say I puts mean, him I, on the Mount Rushmore? All right, um, <coughs> Michaels. Michael's Mankind. Yeah. I think that's my favorite one. So I'll go I Michael. like that one. We did a watch Mankind, long that. That's a great yeah, match. Yeah, I think that's my number one favorite <laughs> Mankind match. Okay. So, so, so yeah, Sean. Um, Sean Mankind, Undertaker yeah. Mankind. Oh, also. Edge. Edge. Uh, WrestleMania? Yeah, Edge. Okay. Edge, yep, yep. Edge Foley. And, oh my God. I'm, 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 I will mention if not on there or in, or in two, but Edge. Edge, Edge, the Edge one was a little bit better. With the fire? Yeah. Um, flaming table? Yep. Um, okay. Uh, do, 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 do. Yeah, I'm going Orin. I'm going Orin. Orin, Orin Edge, yeah. Michaels, and Undertaker? Yep. Okay. That's yep. safe. That's safe. Yeah. I would say this match, obviously. I would put the Shawn Michaels match up there. Um, I would put the Randy Orton match. Over the Edge match because oh, really? I yeah, feel like the really Randy opposite. I feel like the Randy Orton match helped make him a star, and he had a hotter angle than Ed, than Foley and Edge. That's just my opinion. I thought Foley and Edge, albeit being a good angle, yeah. and the match was good. The, everyone remembers the spot at the end with with Foley and Edge with the spear through the flaming table. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they remember much of. When people associate that match, that's the spot they associate. Maybe that's with. my problem with the Orton match. You could, you might be potentially right. I just don't like. I remember it, but like, not like yesterday. Like yeah. I don't remember anyway. You, he did. He yeah. did the thumbtack spot with Orton. Yeah. He threw him off the stage through like the the the, the electrical circuit board or whatever. Yeah. Um, the barbed wire. I mean, and, and him and Orton had a hotter angle. That's just my opinion. And I thought the payoff was great, and it made Orton a star. Not, not to take away the Edge match yeah. from WrestleMania, because I thought it was a great match, and it really, it was, it was, it was. I think it was done for the benefit of elevating Edge, because Edge had the title for three weeks, and then they put him in the, the feud with Foley. The last match, it's a toss-up for me. It's either Cactus Jack and Max Payne versus the Nasty Boys from WCW Spring Stampede mm-hmm. 1994, the Chicago Street Fight, which if you go and watch that match, there's a moment in that match where Jerry Sags from the Nasty Boys nails Cactus in the face, in the face with a, a, a heavy snow shovel. And then he takes him off the ramp and throws him off the ramp and Cactus bumps back yeah. first onto the cold concrete. That either of those moments you could argue was when Cactus Jack 
developed his first, or Mick Foley developed um, his first case of CTE. Yeah. It's either that match, or it's the Texas Death Match with him and Vader from Halloween Havoc in 1993. Yeah. It's one of those two matches. Actually, I'm going to go with the tag match. Cactus and Max Payne, Nasty Boys, Spring Stampede 94. I was focusing more on... WWE? Okay, I get it. I get it. But yeah, I'll still still stand by my... my, my Yeah, no, no. I appreciate it. I dig it. And uh, I dig you being here for uh, for this watch. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Yeah. Going back watching this with a 25-year perspective, then and now. Um, thank you all for press and play, hit and download. Uh, if you want to watch this back with us on here, you, you, you can do that. Or if you just want to go back and watch it without our commentary, that's great too. Uh, but yeah, check us out. Like us. Rate us. Review us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Retromania on Podbean. We're all over there. And uh, our next episode, Dennis, I'm looking forward to it because it's the July installment of the Dennis J. Levy Wild Card, where you're going to give us something that, I don't know what you're going to give us, but you're going to give us something. Our last Wild Card was pretty fun. We watched the Al Snow Sabu match from an ECW episode. That was a lot of fun, so I'm looking forward to what you got in store for us on our next episode. And with that being said, I think it's about that time that we officially put this one Down for the three count, and we'll see you all next time.